Good evening, everybody. Uh, this is Matthew Marinas here, sitting here with Johnny Atala. We're here to break down um, Creighton's 90 to 77 season opening win over Arkansas Pine Bluff um, on the Blue Jay beat for you. Uh, we got a lot of questions tonight, so I think we might do this a little differently and just oh, I like it. Give our quick thoughts and then jump right into questions because that way we don't overlap. Because I think they'll ask a lot of the things that we might touch on anyway. So, Should we just and then after it? that, okay, we'll I'll like I'll let you drive. If there's, okay. anything, if there's anything uncovered after that, we'll okay. We'll jump back in. All right. Um, but yeah, the Jays win ninety to seventy-seven. Uh, honestly, if like I probably wouldn't have done it, but if I were just to script a, just show me everything. Show me the good and the bad, and put it inside of a forty-minute vacuum, and let's see what it looks like. I think that's what happened tonight. <laughs> there was there was like a large stretch of the first half where it was like, oh, there's some there's some issues here. The three's not falling. There's turnovers left and right. Uh, defensively, there's problems. Um, they're in a big hole. I can't help but imagine what that looks like, or ima- I couldn't help myself but try to imagine what that would look like against like a Villanova or a UConn oh or yeah. something like that which is coming down the pike right um, and then all of a sudden they turn into the Showtime Jays again like you know this young squad kind of showed showed its potential uh, like late first half into the start of the second um, all the way through the midway point just kind of took the game over it was really fun that was a fun game uh, the crowd was energized all the players were making some exciting plays showing yeah. what they're capable of. What's your, like, what are you taking away from this thing in terms of, I don't know, are you trying to, like, lean, like, oh, they did some a lot of good things, or are you looking more towards, that's not translatable against everybody they're going to face? Oh, no, I'm not looking ahead yet. Okay. So I, that's your, and I don't think, you're cha- staying. I don't think Chase fans should. Okay. I think you got to just dive in and enjoy the ride with this team. And, and also, you know, I guess sulk in the tough I think, nights i, I, I think, think you just gotta to stay yeah don't get too far ahead of yourself and that's hard to do as a fan and mm-hmm. you know that you're not trained to do that so i get it but i mean it's it's gonna be such a up and down process and we saw that tonight i mean tonight might be a microcosm of the first month at least for this team um but yeah i mean they're gonna be a much different team in a month and they're going to be a much different team in two months. Mm-hmm. At least that's the hope. That's the goal. And if they are sticking true to the process and their plan, then you know what we saw tonight will be hardly recognizable. At least parts of it, for sure, um, in two months. So yeah, like I think Crazy's in the mode right now where it just just get the win. Yeah, figure out how you're going to get the they're win. Like, they're starting. This is like the this is like the clock is starting at zero and counting up. Right with this team because mm-hmm. they're so young, they're yeah. new. This isn't a team that has like, um, where if 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 you, if you said this team or Creighton performed like this with last year's team, you'd probably be like, well, "Where's the urgency?" You know what I mean? Because mm. your your t- your your window is closing yeah. with your days left in college basketball. These guys are just getting started. Right. Most of them. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that's a good way. To, that's a good way to approach it. I so, think you. Uh, I think uh, yeah. hopefully people listen to you. They should. Well, I don't know. So it's it's. it's I think I think I think it'll be. More fun to do it that way, and not get too caught up. Oh, like I already saw people doing. Oh, what's going to happen next week when Nebraska and Creighton play? I'm right. like, ah, just hold up. Like, yeah. there's another game on Thursday, so let's just see what this team. You know how much better they can get in a two day stretch. I mean, like, I think that's what it's going to be about for this 
for this group. And if you're a fan of the team, just enjoy that process. I mean, as as much as you can, because obviously there's going to be yeah. nights when it doesn't, when they don't have a whatever it was, twenty three to five run in the middle of the game or something. Like I that. mean, on nights like that, when those nights happen, and they inevitably will, you just pop on the Ohio game and then remember. <laughs> Yeah. That's that's where you're going. Right. Just remember that. That's the yeah. ultimate end yeah. goal way down the road. Just help yourself like soothe you back into like, oh yes, I've seen this play out before. I think I think yeah, I think you guys process. are white and blue re- review since you guys are the the Jays highlights masters yeah. need to come up with like a like a consoling one, video. Like two just, for one. Well, just like a video that Crane fans can pop in on their Twitter feeds after a loss, like a tough yeah. time, be like, hey, this is what <laughs> We like, do we do have that by def- it wasn't we didn't choose it but everybody does everybody has chosen it over the years like since Creighton got to the Big East it's been the first few minutes of Villanova okay every time every time something bad happens to Creighton it's like I'm gonna go watch the start of the Villanova game again on on Tom yeah. Nemitz's highlight reel and it's right. like that music kicks in and the three start falling okay so, so that's been everybody's therapy over the years is that game so that's yeah, good it's been provided uh, let's jump into questions here because uh. You know, last week I felt bad because we kind of uh, tackled a lot of the things you guys uh, wanted us to talk about. So let's give you more of a of a say in how we um, do this show tonight because there were a lot of <coughs> a lot of good questions. I thought things that we can you know flesh out some conversation out of. <clears throat> uh, the first one from Joseph Favre. First of all, this dude, if everybody doesn't know, is uh, kind of an epidemiology guy for at Yale. Um, he's a big Creighton fan. I actually talked to him quite a bit over the pandemic, and um, he's kind of guided my behavior and everything. So if you're not following that dude, it's at Joseph. I'll uh, hit him up later and let you guys um, give him a follow because he's a really good dude. Um, and a big Jays fan. He just moved out back to Nebraska, so he's hoping to get to some games. And um, So buy him a beer if you see him in person because he's awesome. Um, his first question is, has Creighton ever had more dunks than three-pointers in a game before? I mean, Rob's sitting behind us. Yeah, well, yeah, that's probably a question for the maestro. Um, I don't know if he knows it offhand. Probably not. But, yeah, that tonight was one of them. Yeah, I think Creighton. Or Gosh, just, I, know I think it was 7-7. Seven seven. I think it was 8. They had 8 dunks? 8 dunks. Okay. Um, so they did have one more dunk than threes than tonight. I'm trying to think of it. I mean, I mean those Justin Patton teams It would have to be lot. one of those Justin Patton, Marcus fought. That St. John's game in Queens with Marcus and <laughs> – that feels like the one to look back on real quick. Let me just check. I'll just check real quick to see what we got. They were drawing up lobs in that game. Um, that was one. What about the DePaul game at home? From two seasons two ago? Two seasons ago. Yeah. Like that, that, there were a lot of dunks in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's see. At I'm trying to think of another just dunk-heavy game. Well, I guess I won't be able to tell from the stat sheet, will just, I? Um, they hit five threes in that one, so they probably, oh. had, they probably had more dunks for sure. Well, just right? just do a fine, fine for dunk in the in the play-by-play. Um, how? Like, control-F. Control-F. Dunk. dunk. Okay. And, say, and see, we got, we got two from Justin Patton already. Mm-hmm. In the, early in the game. Early in the game. So that's, that's Gosh, I, I want to go rewatch this game, honestly. Like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's three, four. So there's we're four. One, one behind. There's five. There's five. So we're tied. Oh. Six, seven. There we go. That was, yeah. that was Marcus Foster's backdoor dunks right there. Yeah, back-to-back plays right there. Eight. So, yeah, that St. John's game in Queens, the Justin Patton coming out party, it was eight dunks to five. Look what we did. Yeah, that we was just quick. solved it. And, and there could be one in between, but at least. 
Thanks for teaching me control F. I always forget that too. Oh yeah, you got it. Especially in the play, it's like, money. Yeah, I know. And you're like, okay, cool. I'm gonna look that. I always forget what the prompt is. So thank you for reminding me. No problem. I'm, I'm surprised your computer is able to handle that. Honestly, it's, <laughs> I'm glad the Wi-Fi is working. Everybody listening, like I, I didn't get Wi-Fi before tip off, so I just like shut the laptop. John was like sitting there, like just trying to be nice about. I was it. trying not to laugh because I know that you just like in your if before you, tip if you had your like full control of like life you would have taken your laptop and just chucked it serious i mean i felt like i had time to because it was like i you know it was like 20 minutes before i really i don't have a connection right now yeah that's too bad it's not going well um so yeah it's been it's happened before we just we just found one out of thin air from our memory banks and it worked so there's your answer joseph um kaylin mcgrath my question would be what just happened (laughs) so that's a good that's a good question to get us to talk about you know, anything we really want to talk about from what just happened. So what's your first reaction to what just happened? Like what 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 do you how do you how would you begin to answer that question? How would I begin to answer that? I mean, that's a great it it just I love the what, emotion behind it. It's just like there's like a it's it's the uh Jim Halpert Yeah gif, right? Yeah. What just happened. Uh, or no, that's a what is going on. Right. So that would have been the Because that was a full moment. because we both agree that that was a full experience, right? I mean, there was a, like, if you're talking about, like, a roller coaster ride that's meant to scare you and thrill you, yeah. that was, like, the full experience right there, yeah? No, no doubt. I mean, honestly, you got your money's worth yeah. if you came to the game. So. What, what possession were we laughing about in the first half? They missed, like, three threes, <laughs> airballed one of them, got a bunch of offensive. Like, they were playing so hard, but the basketball was so bad. Yeah. And it's like, you just can't help but, like, like good effort out there, you know? You're, like, you're giving the fans... What they came here to see was just like I think that's kind of what Creighton fans have always wanted to see, bar none. Like play hard, yeah, and it, we'll and we'll try to carry you through it like and, with our energy. And Creighton wasn't quite doing that early in yeah, the game. Right. Like they they were getting out hustle for loose balls mm-hmm. and um, you know obviously some of the turnovers, the mistakes that they were, they made. Maybe they were moving a little bit too fast on offense, like forcing it, pushing, uh, yeah. like forcing the issue a little bit, but. Um, once they kind of like took a deep breath and then just started, you know, kind of sticking true to who they are and yeah, you know, chasing down those offensive boards, mm-hmm. like it was. Uh, I mean, you know, it wasn't <laughs> aesthetically pleasing at least from you seeing the shots go in. But I thought that you could appreciate the effort and yeah, because I, th- I think it's I think, a blue call. I think like most fan bases, once you build them up, have like a blue collar nature to them, especially when you get like a crowd this big. You know what I mean? Your your diehards are like they just want to see you. Well, and I feel play like, hard and give them a reason. But yeah. They don't want to see you like lollygagging out there and not really try, like not really giving them a reason to cheer for your effort. You know what I mean? And I mean, you know better than I, but I was always kind of told that the Dana Altman Creighton teams, the teams that a lot of fans, the diehards, mm-hmm. longtime fans that fell in love with, were hardworking, blue collar, yeah. sort of like under the, a bunch of guys that maybe were under the radar or under regarded, and they just played their tails off mm-hmm. for 40 minutes and somehow you look at them and they're like oh yeah they, they won that game by 10 you know mm-hmm. so um, while this group has a little bit more pedigree and and obviously a lot of notoriety with some of the recruits that Creighton brought in uh, they still kind of have that trait they certainly have the ability the potential to do that so mm-hmm. um, I, that was probably the key to the game was just Creighton um, wore Arkansas Pine Bluff down I yep. mean a, a lot of the reason I thought for some of the runouts that Creighton had or just some of the easy paths to the bucket 
Pine Bluff was tired. They only played six guys, yeah. and they it took a lot out of them to shoot fifty percent from the floor and build a nine point lead at halftime. And then here comes Creighton. It's like a freight train at you, and they didn't have any any answers or or the energy to muster up to come to figure out how to score with them. So Creighton's persistence and you know ability to stick to that plan of working hard on the glass and running and running and running offensively like that was the difference but what just happened but back to the question what just happened i think you uh, again i go back to what i said i think this was this might be a a blueprint (laughs) as wild as it is Mm -hmm. a blueprint for what this season's going to be about at least early on for this team yeah and i think the the one thing like I'm trying to think how he summed it up in the press conference. Greg McDermott said, like, it just left me. But, you know, there's going to be those moments where the game feels like it's going to get away. Like, there's going to be three or four possessions where it's just like, what are you you thinking there? Yeah. Because you're just like, when you're flowing, it does become instinct at some point. And with instinct, you're going to make mistakes. Well, you're talking about the time when he said that he, a lot of times in practice, he blows it dead. Yeah, yeah. Greg McDermott Because I think said, you asked, like, do you, is there part of you that with a young group wants to, like, take more control of the game and call timeouts and yeah. talk people through their mistakes and through the, through the lulls, right? But the strategy, at least tonight for that, in, in that regard, was to let them play through it and kind of, like, Experience with that, like what it's, what it's like to have the game not work for you, yeah, and having a because t- it, there wasn't it was quite overwhelming. Arkansas Pine Bluffs run seventeen after, to nothing. Yeah, Man, when's the last time someone That's went on saying. a seventeen nothing run against right. Creighton? That's I mean, I mean it, was, it was all kinds of the reasons, right? There was turnovers. There was uh, you know you could question shot selection. Yeah. Um, you could certainly critique defensive communication. Um, so although, so although, there was a lot of I mean, there was a did lot say of, some of that on defense was on the coaching staff. I mean, they didn't have any film on Arkansas yeah, Pine Bluffs, sure. so they were kind of coming in. It was like a bit of a guessing game, and Pine Bluff caught them, caught their big men, especially in some of those like ghost screens or like the big men slipping a screen or mm-hmm. something like that. Some of that ball screen stuff, and then um, Creighton would get overextended a little bit where they were maybe hedging hard the big man was too yeah the far recovery out. was yeah, the, the, and, yeah and it was hard to get bad. back to yeah. normally it was Trey Sampson the one who was setting the screens and then either popping or rolling it was hard to get back to him anyway so he, he thought maybe they didn't make the adjustment quick enough mm-hmm. the coaching staff to help those guys but yeah there were a lot of mistakes early on mm-hmm. and it, it felt um but you know if you if you looked at the sort of two teams you saw okay well one team does have the edge from a talent, athleticism, depth did, standpoint. When did we notice that Arkansas Pine Bluff, it, we, we, they were still up like double digits when we first were, half. were like, they're getting tired. Yeah, it was the first half. Because they were still hitting shots, and Creighton was still trying to find like their rhythm. And we were like, they're, gonna, they're getting tired right yeah. now because the game was just changing. Yeah. So like Creighton was playing at a, at, the, at a better pace, even though Arkansas Pine Bluff was still being successful. Um, we felt it change before it actually showed up on the scoreboard. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, I mean, Pine Bluff stole a couple possessions where they did score. Like, get some tough, tough fouls. shots, well, right? A like, couple yeah, tough yeah, shots, yeah, shots late in the first half. A couple tough shots, and yeah. then there were a couple fouls on the floor that led to like free throws, one on ones yep. that Samson hit. Yeah. So that's like stealing points there at the end of the half. But exactly. they did. I think you mentioned it. Would they score in like their last seven possessions of the half? Yeah. 
Pine Bluff did. So, yeah. um, and that was with Creighton scoring on yeah. twelve of fifteen. So I think, like, the, I think the surprising thing though to me was how quickly it turned. Like the game flipped so fast. Yes, I think I mean, it, Creighton had a lead. Creighton was down double digits in early in the second half, and it had a lead in like five minutes. Yeah, so it was. <laughs> It basically took it took a half for them to just completely turn this game around. So it was, I think Keyshawn Fizel uh, checked into the game around like the nine minute mark of the first half, and Pine Bluff was up twenty six to eleven. From and then the, on the first possession that he came in, Creighton got two offensive boards and he finished it with a dunk um, to cut it to thirteen. But from that first possession on, Creighton outscored Pine Bluff 68-36. And it only took 20 minutes to do all that. Yeah. I mean, that's basically a whole half. 68 points in that amount of time. They scored on 30 of 39 possessions. Like, that's just... I did not, I did not expect a, this team to do something like that at this point. Right, right. Like, that's, that's, that's absurd efficiency. When you're... I mean, that's so... I mean, you're... you're you, how do you feel as a basketball player when you're scoring that... that when you're that successful that yeah. easily, you know. So, yeah, the game changed. Like I said, it's 26 to 11 at that point. Creighton's been lost in the weeds for, it felt like, a good five, six minutes at that point. Maybe even longer because their 7-2 run, run was the first couple possessions. And then Pine Bluff kind of got rolling. I fired this tweet off just as another way to look at this game. First 22 possessions, 11 points, 8 turnovers. Ooh. Next 37 possessions, this is for Creighton, obviously. Uh-huh. 65 points Man. and three turnovers. Man. So you go. That's a great breakdown. 22 possessions, mm-hmm. 11 points, eight turnovers. And then the next 37, 65 points, three turnovers. Um, and then they didn't that's, end it. They didn't end strong with their like 14 points in their final 17 possessions. Mm-hmm. That's a good summation right there, though. That's wow. That's our team. Yeah. 65 points. In 37 possessions, that stretch, which is kind of what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like probably right in there. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's insane efficiency. Crazy. I didn't go through to see what they shot. They just well, they, well. the, 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 the second half didn't start great. They turned it over on two of their first three trips. Yes, but and they just Alex didn't miss O'Connell shots. just like, yeah. <laughs> Alex O'Connell started making some really good plays defensively, being in the right spots. He got a steal and a run out. Um, he got, I think he got two steals, and one of them was a run out. Yeah. Um, because well, they had that. Well, and what they what they scoring after that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine, ten straight possessions, right? Three to start the half or in there. Yeah, I think they scored on ten straight possessions after the after their second turnover of the second half. I mean, crazy. And yeah, and they weren't. It wasn't like they were needing offensive rebounds to do that. But they were scoring on their fir- on their first shot. They right. didn't miss. No, no, they did not miss. They, and they got they a shot. They, yeah, they and and they, and they were getting high percentage looks. Like, mm-hmm. um, there were a couple jump shots in there, but they were open. The rest were dunks and layups. And so yeah. you're not going to be mad about getting those shots. No, 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 for sure. Um, Jack Oveling? Oveling? Sorry. I tried. Um, how are we going to fix the turnover problem? Seems like the Jays gave the ball away every other possession in the first half. Well, we don't have to fix this. That's the good thing, right? We, yeah. don't, that's, we don't get paid. Well, that. like I kind of pointed out, they came in bunches, as it turned out. Yeah, you know, that's they, like... They well, came a lot in the, at the start of the game and a lot at the end of the game. And so I don't know if that's something that can be um, rectified. But I guess when they get in a flow and they find a groove, that's mm-hmm. a positive. I just... Uh, I don't know what happened. I lost the questions. Did your computer just die? No. Still alive, it's just not responding. It's having a rough night. <laughs> you want to pull them up? 
We can keep going. Yeah, I'll warm up. Let's just. <laughs> Poor little guy. But. But yeah, like yeah. So fix the fix the. I mean, they had nineteen tonight, but the first half was. I mean, when it, when it started getting sideways, they were up seven to two, and then they had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven turnovers in a. 10, 14, 15, 15 possession stretch. So half of your, yeah. every other possession, you're, that's what, I think that's what they said, every other possession is a turnover. Um, but it, it, I guess that's a question yeah. as to whether or not it's going to be part of their DNA. I, I, right. I tend to think it's not going to be. I mean, this team? Yeah. This current team? Right. This year's team? Yeah. Okay. If that's going to be. I mean, it's I just. Know, I kind of disagree. You do? Yeah. Because they're going to, they want to play really fast. That's true. And I don't think that. They know how yet, so that's kind of why I think it's going to be a reoccurring issue. Well, why do you think it won't be? I guess. Well, just because they're going to drill it a ton, okay, and it's going to be a point of emphasis to bring it down. And so, when, and I feel like with this coaching staff, when they focus on something and they want to, hey, we're going to be yeah. good at this. We're not going to be a high turnover team. That's going to be a priority. They're going to talk about it so much that they'll see improvement. And so, mm-hmm. I don't know how long it'll take uh, or what it's going to look like, but. And maybe they won't be, you know, top three in the Big East in turnover percentage like they were the last two years. But mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be certainly not 19 a game. I mean, 19 a game is – or 19 – What they have, what they have against Upper Iowa, 17, right? 17, okay, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But there was a point there where they were shoot, turning it over, like, more than they were scoring. Yeah. They, I think that first, like – it's, 20 I mean, possessions, it was like 35% turnover rate, 30% score rate. Like, that's not good. I think, like, three or four of the turnovers came – in the backcourt or even before they cro- – no, yeah. I'm sorry, in the first half. Like, in the backcourt or even before they cross half court, And then mm-hmm. the second half, like, how many turnovers they have inbound in the ball? Like, three? That's what I'm saying. There were, that's, what, cause we, that's why, I mean, we saw a variety of turnovers tonight. Those aren't necessarily – I mean, maybe they are a product of moving too fast, but I think that's more just, like, not having reps and okay. experience in games. And in addition to that, <coughs> some offensive fouls, like – yeah. Yeah, I mean, because Ryan Nemhard got, got an called. offensive foul that I didn't think was, I didn't think, he, and he I, got another. Nemhard had two. Yeah, but there was one where the, I didn't think the guy was inside the circle, so I don't know. Right, right, but yeah, I know what that meant. And the other one was like, did he push off or not? Might extend the arm, mm-hmm. and then Kaluma got called, I think, for three offensive fouls. I think that's right. So, so those player control ones, you worry less about? No, I, I, well, now, now that I'm talking through it, maybe Cause those are concerning just because they happen quite a bit. They've happened a yeah. lot, and that might be a product of moving fast, for sure. Whereas the the ones that we talked about earlier, um, maybe not. But I, shoot, this game we, we've seen this team play twice, you know. So yeah, um, yeah, we'll find out as, if they can get better at that. But yeah, like, what did Nimrod had six of them, right? Yes. Along with ten, I can't. Times. I can't think he's going to have that many a game. But yeah, I mean the thing is, they are. He is drawing some comparisons to Maurice Watson Jr. By the and Mo had, Mo had a lot of times. There were there were games where Mo would be would would tow that twelve to six assistant turnover line yeah. to, to get that two to one ratio. Yeah. So it could be a thing yeah. where it, it just happens. Um, you know, when you're a playmaker and you're as confident as you are on the ball, like you will do some things that will lead to, you know, you can, you are confident you can take risks, but with risk comes, yeah. you know, the other side of it. So, um, survive in advance, not quite at that point of the season yet. How they turn it around. I mean, defensively, they were really good. Like 
Alex O'Connell. The once Creighton kind of got a a grasp of what Arkansas Pine Bluff was trying to do and who they were trying to play through. You know, they came out of the second half, and uh, you know Trey Sampson got a lot of what he was doing in the first half off of that matchup with Kalkbrenner and Fizel at the yeah. five, right? Very little of that matchup was there for Arkansas Pine Bluff to exploit in the second half. I mean, Arthur Kaluma, I think, started on him. Alex O'Connell was switching onto him a lot and guarded no, him I primarily. Think, I think O'Connell was the guy on him. Uh, this is the first possession. It was Arthur. So uh, I think they switched. I think it was it was O'Connell started, starting, and okay. then they switched. They were switching a lot. Yeah, Creighton was. So yeah, I mean, Alex O'Connell did a great job on him. He was, um, you know, he took away that space that Samson exploited in the first half, yeah. and that first step quickness that he was able to get by Fizel and Kalkbrenner, um with in the in the first half. So. Yeah, it just changed on the defensive end. Honestly, Alex O'Connell changed the game. That's how they turned it around. Like he made, yeah, he, did. he made some. I mean, there was that play in the um, in the corner where he he could have shot the three, he could have rose up for it, but he took a a little dribble, a little jump stop, pocket pass to Kalkbrenner for a, the second finish of the half. Oh yeah, that was nice a really nice layup. play. Yeah, that was like um, wasn't that was that one at the end of the shot clock? I, th- I thought it might have it might have been. been. Yeah, that was um, a nice play. then he had the pick six with the dunk. And then he had the he had the rebound where he took all the way down for the dunk. Yep. Uh, I mean, he just changed the game. Like he he took over. Yeah, he did. That's how it, that's how it turned around. It, I mean, and after that, it was like follow the leader. That's what I mean. Like he he was the first one to just put his stamp on the game, and then everybody else just followed suit. Yeah. Like and then Jay just started making plays. Uh, let's see who had the better dunk. I mean, O'Connell oh, had man. three, but I, Arthur's I, I, was so violent. <laughs> So goddamn violent. I mean, wow. <laughs> he, like, brought it I, back. He yeah, brought the ball dude. back behind his You head. don't even see his arm. He dunks it so fast. You're just like, did he just – was that a bucket? Like, did he score? I don't even know. He jumped with the ball, but I didn't – it happened so fast. Uh-huh. I mean, that was so violent. But Alex likes to punch, too. Like, he cocks back, and he hangs up there a long time, too. I asked yeah, the first, like, the first one he – What's he the view back. like up there? Like, he gets up there. That, yeah, yeah. The, the second one, I think – the one where he grabbed the rebound and went all the way. I think it was that. No, no, it was pick six one where he dunked with two hands and just kind of hung on the rim. Yeah. How cool would it be? I wish I could do that. Just I to be wish. like, look above the rim. But the thing with up. Alex, though, is like he'll jump and it looks like he freezes in time. Because like he kind of just like has a really good hang time. Yeah. So he'll go up there and he's a two-foot jumper, right? So he like jumps off two feet and I think it gives him more time in the air. So he like... There's a moment where he's like he can kind of look around and say hi to everybody before he like throws it down. <laughs> like it's he's up there for a while. It's crazy. I don't I don't know. Arthur's was really violent though. Do you? Th- I mean, I kind of think he's I, probably the one. Right? He, I think his dunk probably wins it. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. There were there are some options though. It's a. We were talking about who won the dunk contest, right? Arthur won the dunk contest at, the fan, at fan fest. Yeah, yeah Arthur and, won. And you it. disputed it. Yes. I, I had a, I. Well, I thought O'Connell had the nicest dunk. Okay. Well, I mean, that's what we're talking about. I right? know, but they did, they did that three rounds. Yeah, I want to so, hear that stuff. I know. Whoever had the best dunk, go home. That's kind of what I felt because they yeah. they all they all made it. So I don't know. I yeah. I got I think Reef and Devin Davis were two of the judges, so maybe we have to go talk to them about it. Okay. Yeah, Retro for in, sure. Retrospect, but for sure. Or maybe just have them do it again. Or just Rematch. let the season make go. it like a little rivalry. I'll just say let the season. Last year it was like Christian Bishop competing against himself. Yes. <laughs> yes. <So. laughs> like it most certainly was. <laughs> like 
It's like, well, we had the best suck of the season. Well, I don't know, one of Christian's seven. Yeah. So this year, uh, maybe uh, you got those two going at it, and we'll see if somebody else can jump Like at least there's a competition, basically. Yeah. Because Keyshawn, we talked about, Keyshawn's a monster dunker, too. So I know. He, he had a nice little one-handed punch tonight. Yeah. But, yeah, like in terms of getting a full head of steam and rocking the rim, like there probably isn't anybody that can do it as violently as Arthur. Because yeah. he got downhill, he got a downhill push at it before he got the ball. I just, I, I remember thinking like I didn't, I didn't think he was gonna rise up and dunk. I just on that did, play, yeah, I didn't, oh. I didn't expect it. I didn't know what was happening. I didn't, I didn't realize it. I mean, there was no, one, there was no one in the lane, so I, saw, yeah, I was like, I if Ryan sees him, he's dunking this. <laughs> that's kind of what. Maybe that's why I like was so ready for it. I wasn't ready. Oh. I, I, I reacted. Yeah, it was, it was very violent. Um, five star foul. Uh, J.P. Wilson wants to know, would Kalk be better served coming off the bench? It seems like in small doses, him in small doses can be more effective. Yeah, we, we, we toyed with this conversation a little bit on the first recap pod, right? Um, but I don't know. I do feel like they're both really good and in different ways. I mean, I think that's clear, yeah, right? I think, I think what we said. So I think tonight was more about – just I think it will be about a matchup. Yeah. Like, you know, tonight – Keyshawn probably could be more effective in this matchup. But there might be some nights where Ryan's length, you know, where the physicality battle isn't going to be able to be won anyway, so you're not going to be better served by trying to, you know, just butt heads with it, and length will be the way you win. So not on those nights, it'll probably be Hulkbender. Yeah. You know what I mean? Is that is that fair? Are we being too – are we riding the fence too much on that one? No, I, I really feel like it's going to be a – Night by night thing between those two at yeah. the five, and um, it was interesting because I think it was I think it was McDermott on your podcast with 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 Jordan Scurry talking about like mm-hmm. I mean Ryan Cockburn what is he nineteen yes young yeah I remember and was, big guys are always the like the latest bloomers yeah yeah I mean he's been here a year and he's played. In, in a Creighton uniform more than anybody on the roster except for Reef. So True. you just sort of naturally assume, oh. So here's the thought I had last night. I want, to, I want to bounce this off of you. Because I was thinking about this last night. I didn't – I haven't talked to anybody about it yet, but I'm curious to get your thoughts because um, I don't know. He added what? How much weight this summer? 50, something like that? I mean 20, 30, 40 pounds? 30, 20, 25, 30 pounds, something okay. like that for, for Kalkbrenner, yeah. Would that require, because he's so big, would that require somewhat of an adjustment period for him physically in order to know how to, like, functionally use that yeah. weight to his best? Probably. I remember talking to so Jacob. that's kind of what I'm talking, I remember talking to Jacob Epperson about that. Okay. Because um, he came in, what, he come in at, like, 198 or yeah, something like that? Or, wiry. Yeah. <laughs> and he had to add a, lot, a bunch of weight. And I remember um, maybe going into a sophomore year or something like that, talking to him about, mm-hmm. like, how different it was. And he admitted, like, yeah, it was – there's an adjustment period of learning how to play with extra that edge, much that yeah. much extra weight, mm-hmm. right? So that that could that's kind of what I'm wondering about now, because I like you know he's getting a lot of like breakout candidate love this year, and I'm wondering if like that's a little bit um, short sighted because he did have like a physical transformation of sorts, yeah, a dramatic one. I think adding 25 to 30 pounds is dramatic, right? So like, yeah. I think it might take him. You know, at least a few months, if not a full year, to figure out how to um, how to use that and be the best version of the player that we'll see at Creighton. 
So it might not be this year where he has that break. And it's not just that. I mean, it's just also playing and learning how to be a big man in D1 ball. I mean, Mm. there was a a moment in in the – I think it might have been the first play of the second half (coughs) when he committed the turnover. And it's a post-up situation. And I looked up after the play was over. Greg McDermott was just telling him, like, get low, stay low, you know, mm-hmm. your base, lower your base type mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Just like basic stuff, but you're like, in, in my head, I just clicked, it's like, oh yeah, man, he is young, mm-hmm. right? He is a sophomore technically, but he's a young dude, and so there's so much for him to learn, and so much for him for his game to grow, and so it'll be interesting to see that process unfold. Um, as, as you, I mean, as, it, as it, you it, mentioned, it, and as like coach... It took Christian Bishop a full... You know, a full year, right? Like he didn't come on. He had he'd been playing a lot, but he didn't come on until the end of that sophomore season, right? Yes. Okay. That was a year and a half, really, because like, yeah. um, I mean, I guess he didn't play a lot his freshman year, right? But um, yeah, it took him some time. Like when they when they really started rolling, like that was yeah. it. Took maybe January of his second season, so. And, 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 then, uh, and then you look at Martin Crample. How long, right? how long did it take him? Until his junior year? Yes. Injuries played a part in that, but still, yeah. it took him a while to take off. Uh, Jeffrey Grizel took, like, probably late junior year before he kind of um, asserted himself as kind of like an all-league all caliber-ish big man, and now he's, you know, earning money professionally. Yeah, playing high-level um, pro, uh, your, your yeah, pro just, ball. Yeah, I, just, I, I think we have a body of work here where, like, when you have those natural big men, those true fives, it's taken them a while. Yeah. So, like, I, it would be great if Ryan Culpepper has this breakout year. I think that, you know, I understand why everybody wants it to be, um, to be come, come true, but it might be a little bit early still yet for it. Like, I think he's just still young. He's still not sure. You know, he played some valuable minutes last year, but it wasn't in this role. So... I don't. I don't know if, if, in terms of the question, where this particular question, there are going to be some games where Keyshawn Fizel is the guy who needs the majority of the forty, but there's also going to be games where just because of the matchup, what it dictates, um, it's going to be it's going to lean Kalkbrenner. Yeah. But I don't think it like has anything to do with Kalkbrenner's potential. I think it's still high, regardless of how this year plays out. Right. In my opinion, because he, he might not. It might not take off for him until next year, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> uh, Matt wants to know, one of the announcers said, this close game would benefit C- CU more than a blowout. Would you agree? I don't know. I, don't I think know. I think this team's so committed and bought into what the coaches have, like, laid out. I mean, yeah. I kind of wrote about this over the weekend, that yeah. this year is about growing. Yep. And like, it was a good piece. That, that's not just Coach McDermott talking. That's like every single player you talk every to, player. even the seniors. Yeah they, yeah, they just talk about, hey, we're gonna get better. We're gonna get better. We just gotta stick to it and focus on the daily routine. So I don't think, I think, if they would have won by forty, there would have been a laundry list of things that they could do better, and the players would have bought into on that. Mm. They won by whatever it was thirteen, same thing. So yeah, I don't. I mean, I think the in-game sort of overcoming adversity piece is probably helpful because you could store that in your sort of, like, 
bank of experiences. A bunch of these guys haven't experienced that, at yeah. least here at Creighton. Especially the how, right? Because it was your pace that wore the wore your yeah. opponent out when they were playing pretty well. So, like, if you can just trust the idea that let's just keep doing what we do, it'll wear – it'll eventually have an effect on yeah. the game without us even realizing it, and then it'll be time to – take off yeah right? and, and Greg McDermott said that he was proud of his guys their the poise they showed and just the commitment to not getting too out of character or you know forcing it too much and staying true to their themselves the system they're, they're playing yeah and I like I didn't notice much like bickering or negative energy from the Jays when they were down you know I don't no. know if you saw that so yeah it felt like they had I mean, there was some frustration at times, but for the most part, like, good body language. That's what I, good I mean, even in the practices we've seen, I haven't really seen it yet. I haven't seen them kind of, like, um, get at each other. It feels like they're all trying to, like, go through this together. Yeah. They, like, you know, they, and we don't, you know, maybe it's different in the locker room, but, like, it feels like all the conversations, like, everyone, it seems like so far everyone's got thick enough skin to handle, like, when they screw up, being told that this is what they got to do next time, yeah, and and you know using that in a positive way, so so far that's what it looks like. I, yeah, I don't know how much a game one type of whatever situation they face is beneficial one way or the other. Like, you know, that stretch of the first half, um, there 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 is an element of like Creighton was able to dig out of that because of the opponent they were playing, right? Like, if they get into a rut like that, you know, against, I mean, BYU, someone in the Big East, it might not be, there might not be a way to recover from that. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? That much. It just might not be your night that night. So, yeah, I don't know. I would, I would probably feel the same way even if they lost tonight. Like, it's not, it's not going to be, I don't know. There's just. There's too much of a sample left for this team that it's hard to well, say what a result yeah. close I, 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 or I, I, lopsided yeah. would have done in either right. direction. Like, I, I think, I think uh, yeah. I don't think it would have changed much. I think I, they feel the same way. I think they would feel the same way. They would feel the same way. I think my sort of forecast for what the ceiling is of this team would be different if they had if lost. They had lost. Oh, really? Because then yeah. you wouldn't have seen – I mean, that you yeah. wouldn't have seen that big run in the second half because they would have lost. Okay, right? so, that, you're that saying, so you're saying the run – um, like reaffirms what you think their ceiling is, yeah, yeah. And because they showed it to you in a game, yeah, I think that you, you can, can still say, you can like, think back to they're capable of that, right? What, okay. hey, this is where they could be, yeah. Um, you know, they're not going to make their first ten shots out of halftime, like, right. repeatedly, but there's elements of what they and did. Again, if they're all dunks, they might. So, <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, <laughs> elements of what they did that uh, that you can see, yeah. Um, that's probably that's 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 a good way to look at it for sure. Um, next question: Do you see Modestus redshirting as well? I mean, we talked to Mac last night. He didn't mention it, so it sounds like he's just kind of like think of like Martin. I'm glad he brought it up too because think of Martin Crample the year he came off the ACL after he tore it in January against Seton Hall. It took him like a month before he turned into like what he finished honorable mention that year, right? Yeah, should have been at least second. Should have. I mean, he was better than Govan yeah, for sure from Georgetown. So. Yeah, like he was honorable mention. He went pro that year. It took him a month or two, you know, a month and a half to get get going, you know. So think about it like that. I don't know if Modestus is going to be that good right now, 
like a Mar- you know Martin was a senior by that time. Um, yeah, it was a Martin was, was like twenty four years old. Yeah, he was yeah, a grown was, man yeah. by then. So yeah, Modesta still has a learning curve to go through. Um, so no, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know how he plays with Kalkbender and Keyshawn being healthy. That's one thing. But I also don't know if he's going to, you know, because I, I think there will be opportunities. Like if this game, <clears throat> a game like this, if the Jays are up 25, you know, in the last six or seven minutes where him and Christophilus look at a lot of minutes to get or a lot of opportunity to get some live game reps. Yeah. Right? Well, and I think one of the <clears throat> reasons why Mason Miller's redshirting is because there's a clear plan in place for the uh, hey he needs to do this in the weight room this this and this and yeah. like building strength is that's like the that's what's keeping him from playing mm-hmm. whereas Modestus it's more like the dude just needs to get reps with his injury you know without like right so maybe I guess you could argue that maybe he could just do that in practice and that's fine but <clears throat> you never know by the time he feels comfortable maybe by whether it's January or February, maybe mm-hmm. he's in a position to help him. So I don't know. Yeah. I guess we'll see what they sure. do, but I don't, um, I don't, yeah, I would guess he's not returning just cause McDermott has, we would have, we would, I mean, yeah, I don't think it's the information hasn't been volunteered yet. So, um, let's see. He was dressed tonight, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He was suited up. Because Mason Miller wasn't. Yeah, so. um, Xander, Sharif, and Mason were the three that weren't dressed tonight. Right. Um, next questions questions are, uh, can you talk about the differences between the first and the second half? Half court was so much better. Um, I'm trying to think. We took care, better care of the ball. That's one thing, for sure. They until knocked the it, end. They, yeah, until the, yeah, until the end. They hit, they knocked down their threes, so that was different too. <laughs> yeah, that helps a lot. Yeah, um, it seemed like they uh, honestly like the half court being a lot better. They executed a few plays early for Kalkbender inside. After that, it just felt like it was flow. Yeah, you know, I didn't know if there was a whole lot and of. It like, felt like Pine Bluff was like either whether it was fatigue or just getting stunned by the momentum of the game but they were like a half step slower than they had like yeah. at the start of the game Pine Bluff was half like, steps being kind it, yeah, yeah okay <laughs> they were in Creighton's grill you yes, know like very the, the ball would get picked up and they would be denying um you know some that if, if a big man had the ball at the top of the key like those wings are coming to try to go get it and Pine Bluff's denying um and staying in front of those guys and being really physical with them mm-hmm. and that wasn't there in the second half. So, like, I think they ran out of gas. Mm, but sure. also, I think Creighton settled in and just started making better decisions. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't think that game was decided in the half court. Maybe defensively they were better. Like, that's maybe one going back and watching. I'm pretty sure we're going to see. But I don't, I don't know if there's, like, a, if there's going to be a whole lot from the quarter-court offense that looks like, oh, yeah, the light bulb went on right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? The execution was way better. I think they just, you know, I think Hawkins, I think Ryan Hawkins and Alex O'Connell played a lot better in in, in that half court, right? They were they were more aggressive, um, took care of the ball, made plays for themselves and teammates. So that maybe that's maybe that'll stand out. Um, what's our defensive potential look like when Reef is back? Because Hawkins is a juggernaut. <laughs> Um, when Reef is back, your defensive potential just, I don't even know. The, that's, it's definitely enhanced. 
Especially if you play him and Nemhard together, because that's a hell that's a hellacious on ball on ball defense right there. So right. Um Yeah. It just depends on who they play with, I guess, the way that like I'm thinking, you know, Arthur Kaluma blocked was really good altering and blocking shots tonight. Um <laughs> You remember that one play he had where he like had two blocked three. the dude two Got, times yeah. in a row and it was if like you a, stuff a dude twice, you should not get the foul call the third time. Like that's just that's a that's they, an owned person, right? They there. might have called it on Keyshawn, I think. I don't know if no. they, no, they called him on yeah. Well he he they creating practices is a verticality drill all right. the time in practice where you're you gotta just go straight up as a defender. If you jump up and go straight up inside the circle, you're not supposed to be get, getting called for a defensive foul. And he did that on the first one and blocked the shot, and the dude came down with it, and he went up again and blocked yeah. it again. And yeah. then on the third one, I guess, he got him. I don't yeah. know what the rest called it, but I thought that was a pretty impressive play. Very impressive. <laughs> to, to do that th- three times in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, he's got he's got some potential. Like, no, Reef has changed games yeah. with already with veterans yeah. on the court. Like, yeah. his with teammate, worst defenders around him. Yeah, with teammates that are veterans, mm-hmm. and he comes in and, like, totally flips it. Yeah. Um, so just imagine what he's going to do with this group. I mean, obviously he's got to get healthy and get right, but mm-hmm. I just think about just watching this team in, in two exhibit in the exhibition and tonight, where there's just were lulls, and you could tell maybe the confidence has dipped a little bit, and the other team has momentum. Like just sub reef in, or or if he's even on the court, maybe that doesn't even get to that point. Yeah. Um, He's a playmaker with the ball. He's so fast with it, and then defensively, he's so tenacious that um, he impacts. I'm it. really curious to see what it's like to start a game with Reef. Yeah, you know what I mean. Aren't you just a little bit curious to see how that goes? What's happened? Was well, it twice in his career? Yeah. And when you look at both those games, like he came out shot like he was shot out of a cannon. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like what he hit the he hit, when he the, the game the first game Marcus missed and then he had three on the first possession. Was that the St. John's, John's at home? home? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah. yeah. See, that's what I mean. Like, he only has one mentality. <laughs> that's right. So I'm very curious to see what happens when he starts, when he's back in the lineup. Um, what do you think of Kalk? Is he going to make the jump, or do we start Keyshawn? The yeah, we kind of just already touched on that a little bit. I think it's just going to depend, honestly. Like, it's – Keyshawn's really good. Like, there's going to be games where it's him. Tonight was him. Like, he – the matchup – you know, favored his kind of quickness and physicality um, more than Kalkbrenner's length. I mean, the, it bears out in the numbers. Like, Creighton was – what did, what happened when – I mean, yeah, seven, when he checked in in the second half after – because Ryan started the first – or started the second, got a couple buckets at the rim, but um, I think he played – Keyshawn played like 12 straight minutes in the second half, and they just – the game went from 53 – 46 or whatever to 79 62 so like that's that they put it away are, are we allowed to at all view those two as like a tandem like can we just add up their their production together uh, yeah is that not fair because they are they're so different that's what i, I yeah, worry they are about doing really different, that but but, but keyshawn's not gonna play 35 minutes right and neither is ryan right call for runner, so no, tandem they're walk, both gonna they're yeah. gonna split time at the five we know that so the but tonight Keyshawn played twenty four minutes and mm-hmm. Ryan played fourteen. So, like, yeah. What's that? What do you when you tend when you add them up? What do they? What do they give you? They are eight of nine from the field. Seven, oh, Jesus. Re- seven rebounds, seventeen points. Okay. Two assists, three turnovers. 
two blocks. And normally I'd critique the rebounding, but like Arthur and Hawkins were, were eating them all up, so yeah. you can't really like fault. And Alex O'Connell had seven too, didn't he? O'Connell had seven. O'Kaluma had eight. Yeah, Hawkins so had eleven. Yeah, that's twenty six of the forty six right there. So yeah. like their wing rebounding is a lot better this year. So I won't even fault. I won't even say like normally I would say Creighton if once you add up their five player possessions or production, I should say. If they're not in double-digit rebounds, Creighton probably lost. This year, I don't know if that's going to be the case because they have really good rebounders yeah. um, at different positions. So, yeah, I don't know. Just Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sensing already that there's probably – Kalkman is probably not going to get, like, a fair shake this year. Probably because he was just, like, such a – I don't know. The national people just, like, l- l- latched onto him as, like, a breakout guy because – they needed someone to highlight from a young Creighton team, right? And if it wasn't Nemhart, it was probably Kalkbrenner because of the international yeah. experience they both yeah, had. Right. So I feel like this, I feel like it's already setting up an unfair bar for him that I don't know if he's going to clear yet. But that doesn't mean he's not going to clear it ever. You know what I mean? So okay. I don't know. I'm already sensing that though. So hopefully, um, I would hope that people at least can kind of understand he's still a young dude, still young. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, just because he was – just because Fiza, Keyshawn Fiesel was the answer tonight doesn't mean there aren't going to be games where Ryan Kalkbrenner is the guy that helps Creighton win. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, Drew Morrissey wants to know, let's see, it's really early. Don't want to put too much stock in the night, but it feels like Hawkins and Arthur should be flipped positionally. What do you guys see there, positives, negatives? Um, this was actually – uh, if you go back and listen to the podcast that Jordan uh, Scurry and I did with Mac, um, the reason that Hawkins is at the three and Arthur at the four is because he didn't. He felt like Arthur having to learn two positions at this stage of his career is like kind of too much for a freshman to have to compartmentalize and to learn out. the three and the four. Yes, Arthur. Yeah. Okay. Whereas Hawkins is kind of already understands. You know, the game at a higher level, where him learning the three and the four is more feasible, um, at least towards early results, right? So that's why that's why Arthur's going to play the four and Ryan will play the three. I don't. So I don't know. From that when they when when the, when they, when they talk, I mean that's the one thing with Creighton's system is like there's not a lot of difference at that wing spot, but when you start getting into the you know, the threes and the fours and the fives. Like, the spacing is so important um, that, you know, kind of knowing where to be, when to screen, when to pop, when to slip, when to, you know, do all that kind of stuff requires a lot of attention to detail. So I don't know if, you know, it just depends. I'm sure they'll rep it in practice because, um, you know, they, the, I think the the plan with this group is to be as versatile as possible and interchangeable as possible right. with lineups and matchups. So, but at least not right now, you know? Do you, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I, as much as they – it's just tough, man, because you, you you only have so much time in practice to, like yeah. – I look at this lineup and I'm like, man, they how, what, what, what would it look like if they went super small? Like, we kind of talked mm, about it today. But like, what are you going to do against Trey Sampson? Do you try taking all your big <clears> off <throat> and playing Hawkins at the five and mm-hmm. Kalum at the four or something? But it's like you can't do it all. And they don't have time to do it all. Like, if they had a full year to prep with this team, then maybe they could mess around and do some different things. But, yeah. like, they got to focus on 
what they want to be good at and just let that like so Kaluma at the four let's make him the best four that he can be and then once he's there which again it's probably gonna take a full year but if he if you know maybe he gets there in february and then you can kind of tinker with different things that's yeah. sort of how i would imagine they're gonna approach it mm. that's like at least i think that's gonna be the approach in a lot of different aspects with this team just like let's focus on the trim the list a little bit of like what we want to focus on on and yeah. try to be great at a couple things for sure um let's see uh booker wood foxes wants to know is there a death lineup with this team hoggins at the five question mark they did show now i, I just I, got yeah, them talking I, about that the, the final possession of the half though the final minute of the half hawkins was at the five and they had four guards on the court that was an offense only. That was an offense only. I think they played defense with it, Did right? They? They, they didn't sub. Uh, Pine Bluff had a shot that um, okay that possession. So the sub came with forty seconds left at that. Yeah, when, when time when you out. timeout. Mm-hmm. Okay, that okay. timeout. Hmm. Well, that would be the first look at it, then, wouldn't it? Yeah, I, but they I, didn't get a very good shot out of that possession, though. I think Nemhard had to choose, like, had to take like a fadeaway long two. Yeah, he hit it. So he did hit it. That's true, but that's not a shot they want. That's not a good shot, though. Like that, they can, in terms of generating shots. No, no probably not. Um, is there a? De- I don't know. Because, um, like I said, like we've talked about. Here, here was the lineup. It was Nemhard, O'Connell, Andronikesh, Vili, Alexander, Hawkins, Andron, on Androni, Andronikesh, no. and. Andrew Nikish, uh, Andrew Andrew Nikish, Nikish Vili, Vili, Andrew Nikish Vili, Andrew Nikish, Andrew Nikish Vili. Okay, no, dude, it's like midnight. What do you expect, my? I mean, I'm not being that hard on you. I'm yeah. just saying no. Your eyes are hard, man. Incor- like, piercing my soul. Well, with you, disappointment. You're married and, to a and, teacher, and, are you not? Incorrect, John. <laughs> do it again. Try again. <laughs> um, Roddy, yeah, Roddy. There you go. Said that right. So anyway, Nimhard, Alex, Roddy. Trey, Ryan Hawkins. Okay. 44 seconds. Yeah, I don't think that's a death lineup. Minus one on the... Uh, that's, yeah, let's put the death. <laughs> Minus one. <laughs> Minuses are bad. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like, what do you think? I mean, I mean, it's very, very tempting to think of, like, what if you put Arthur at the five and Hawkins at the four and, you know, Alex at the three and... I mean, honestly, if Reef comes back, Reef and Ryan, Trey and Ryan, like, yeah, like, there's a lot of quickness there. Um, it's hard not to imagine, but I just don't think they're there yet. Speaking of Trey, though, he beat the, the defense on the floor on multiple occasions. Yes. So you can tell he's still a high schooler though, because he took way too long to get that corner three off. Yes, he did. Yeah. Like. And that got. I remember when Tyshawn like was late on doing that, and then when he finally figured out how to get that thing off quick, like that junior year. Um, so that that's what reminded me of that. He, he he raises up. He's like, "No, nah, it's getting swatted, dude. You took way too long." <laughs> and the, the pass wasn't great. Like he had true, to kind of collect true, it true. and then get his feet set. Yeah. So, but at that, that point, yeah, at that point, right. like the, the veteran pump fakes and yeah. sidesteps, you know what I mean? Right. Like he's like, "I can get this off." No, you can't. Yeah. You cannot at this level. I did appreciate this. Creighton's 0 for 14 from three. 
Trey Alexander leaks out yeah. ahead of the pack, uh-huh. and he's going, woo, woo. Let, yeah, let right. him know that he's open, letting uh, Nemhard know that he's open on the wing. Yeah. And I'm like, that's bold, man. Are you going to shoot that? Yeah, you're shooting that. You're shooting and that. He, he hit it. He, hit he it. knocked it down. So I appreciate that confidence. I was he, like. In, in, in to push back on that a little bit, he might not have known about 0 for 14. <laughs> that's true. It might have only felt like 0 for 7. Yeah. So <laughs> I remember, but I remember the woo woo thing. That, yeah. was pretty, that was pretty funny at 0 for 14. Yeah. I was like, like, why are you. You should just hang out. Like, no, you're gonna go up and shoot that, huh? Bang, one for fifteen. All right. Yep. They're back out. They're back. They're off the schneid. Um, I don't know. Like, yeah, the death lineup. Sorry. Um, I'm curious because I think there's a lot. Like I said, there's a lot. There's a ton of versatility on this lineup and on this roster, I should say. And the coaching staff will toy with things. Yeah. Because they'll, you know, I don't even honestly, I don't even know if they know what the best lineup is right now. You know, I think they have kind of an idea of how they want to operate. Um, I think they know that they know a couple things. Like Ryan and Reef, or R two and Reef, are going to play together a lot. Uh, Alex O'Connell is going to need to be the man on most nights. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan Hawkins and Arthur Kaluma have to be. They can't just split minutes. They have to play together. Um, and Keyshawn Fizel and Ryan Kalkbrenner have to play quite a bit. However that, however that, so when you look at when you break it down like that, there's not really a whole lot you can do in terms of mixing and matching lineups. It like it hampers you in that regard when those are your best players, because a lot of those players play the same position. So the death lineup might not be what it looked like in 2020, um, but that doesn't mean Creighton's best lineup can't still do that to teams. I mean, it happened tonight. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Right. They did it again. They they had a death lineup out there. It just was more tra- it, was it was more traditional than it's been yeah. in the past. Yeah. Um, so our final question tonight, honestly, like these questions put us through a whole podcast. I knew it was going to do that. It's good thing sweet. we didn't talk for half an hour before we jumped into <laughs> <I know. laughs> That would have been a bad call. Um, yeah, Dave Miller, uh, he, I like to switch the 2-3 zone. With so many newcomers, uh, they, have, they have to use it more. The traditional scout-based Mandy with its detailed specifics and intricacies might be a bit too much to handle at first. Yeah, that's kind of a good way to look at it. They, they have been practicing some zone probably more than they have before with a young team, right? Like, normally they throw that in when the veterans start to understand what's going you remember, on. You remember uh, Seton Hall game last year when Creighton threw that zone out yeah. at, at Seton Hall? Yeah, when, when nothing game. had worked at that point. Yeah. And Mitch Ballot said after the game they hadn't worked on that since the preseason. They maybe worked on it in one practice and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit different For now sure. with a young team. <laughs> you yeah. can't just, like, install a zone and uh, be able to recall it two months later. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're, they're, I think all of it needs work. Yeah. Um, but it's like what I said. Like, you can't play – be great at five different defenses. Like, you can't be – you can't have a, a 1-3-1 and a 2-3 and a man-to-man and all the ball screen coverages that come with that, with all those things. And it's not, like – what are you going to be good at? And so yeah. they're a man-to-man team, and they'll throw the zone. The zone was good. Like Trey got Trey picked that. You got that deflection and steal. Yeah, which is like I you played it for two possessions, right? Yeah, did, like yeah. he got that deflection and steal, and then mm-hmm. um, and he's Pine Bluff got the ball inside to Samson. I think and he's been really good. I think in when I when I when we when we've been able to watch them practice their zone, he's been the guy who looks like the best at it because yeah. he just uses his length and his and his anticipation really well. Like, he gets deflections in practice. So it wasn't – when he got that first one, then I was like, oh, that's kind of like – that translated. Yeah. You know? 
into a game situation. I mean, they have more length, so that's appealing. Like when they would play zone in previous years, you're kind of yeah. like, well, because they won't get they, that's Mitch Balak and, and Marcus Agarowski at the top of your zone. It's like, eh. Uh, it's not really they're, disruptive. They're there. It's not. Yeah, yeah. It's just not going to disrupt you. And right. if, if teams are patient with it and just moving bodies and moving the ball, then they're yeah. going to find a good shot. But yeah. this team, they can close down on you pretty good with their space and their length, or with their athleticism and their length. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you think a passing lane's there, a driving lane's there. Maybe they can take that away. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what they do as they get more practice time. Well, and, can, and, the, and the other thing is too, they can rebound really well out of any spot on the floor. So. With like the zone defense, you worry about that, right? Yeah. Because you worry about okay, what if like a, you know, a six foot eight guy is, you know, in a spot where we've got a six foot four guard standing, like that shot goes up. We're at a major disadvantage. Um, With the way the guards rebound on this team and the wings rebound on this team, Creighton can play zone more and not have to worry as much about the rebounding part of it from a size standpoint because they've got a lot of size and length out there, you know, more than they've had recently. Yeah. So it's a, it'll be all about a positioning battle at that point, which, you know, is about repetitions. So, yeah, I think we will see more zone this year just because they're longer. And I think with the long team, you you can get creative defensively. You don't have to be so um, position-based, you know, yeah. right? Right. Well, honestly, way to go, everybody. The, all those questions got us through a whole, whole podcast of very uh, creative questions, wide variety of topics. Um, where we didn't have to create our own. So, yeah, is there anything left on, any still left unturned for you tonight? Anything still on your mind? I know. I'm, I'm sure I'm missing something, but no, nah, man. Yeah. I mean, Alex O'Connell was huge tonight. He changed the whole game. I don't think that's, you know, a secret to say. Ryan Hawkins was really active, too. Like, I think those two, at least through the first two games that we've seen, Upper Iowa and tonight, it feels like they Creighton might go as those two go. Like, didn't you feel like? Well, I felt that since. Uh, oh, you think you already thought that? Okay. Well, it, it wasn't just necessarily. I would throw Reef in that mix too when he's back. Oh yeah, true. I think the veterans are going to be the different. Like they're going to the be the deciding factor for this team because if they're, if they're a tournament team or not. Yeah, because they're the ones that you're going to have to rely on when it, it gets a little hectic out there or mm-hmm. the opposing team's on a run. Because a freshman, while you'll, they'll have moments when they respond. You just can't rely on them to respond. I mean, I think it's pretty clear looking at college basketball for the last three or four years. Like teams that are loaded with freshmen, a lot of if they're it, it, some sometimes they're good, sometimes they're okay, but yeah. they're they're hard to trust. You just don't know what you're going to get it, because they haven't experienced. I don't think it you're out of bounds with that. Like you have to have the best freshman in the country if you're going to be good with freshmen. And even then, those teams yeah. haven't won at the highest level, right? Those inconsistencies have shown themselves, yeah. right? Where the talent isn't enough to overcome everything, right? Yeah, so that's kind of what we're dealing with right now, right? So you need I your you, you need your you need your vets to show up mm-hmm. on a regular basis, and I don't know if you need a double double from Hawkins and a twenty point outing from O'Connell every night, but mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe maybe. I mean, if they're going to play sixty nine minutes, right? Yeah, you might have to get that out of that amount of time. Don't you think? No. Yeah, I th- I, yeah. I don't think that's. Well, I don't think I'm, what they gave tonight. Like, I mean, so it was thirty-six points, eighteen boards, five assists, right in sixty-nine minutes. They shot the. I mean, Ryan Hawkins was one for seven from three, so he wasn't. He wasn't. It wasn't as good as we think he's going to be from three. Yeah, he'll shoot better than that. Um, 
So, yeah, I don't know. I think that's kind of what they need out of them. I think, you know, one of them, either one of them has to be a 20-point scorer or both of them have to be around 18. And the rebounding has to be there for both of them too, okay. I think, because that's kind of one of their strengths um, as players. So, yeah, because, like, that's the one thing. This is one of the rare years where, like, if you're talking about, like, the most experienced guys on the team, where they're not, like, the primary playmakers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. Like, that's still going to be Nemhard and Reef. So, and Kaluma to an extent. So I think you do need that production out of them from a, from a nightly basis and that's, in order to be that's, successful. I was going to say, that's a challenging part, I think, for both of those guys because they, I think Hawkins said it flat out. It's like, look, I'm just going to play within the offense and if the shots come, they come. If not, mm-hmm. then I'm not going to force it. And I think O'Connell's kind of tried to take that approach too because mm-hmm. he wants to show the team that, like, this is about – the system, and if you give up a a good look for a great look for your teammate, like two times down, or, you know, a couple possessions later, your teammate's going to do the same for you, and it's going to come back to you. You're going to get a great look. So I think, but then it becomes hard because, it's like, well, at some point, somebody's got to take charge and be the go-to guy, and like you said, it may be may fit the games of Nemhard and Reef and Kaluma more to do that versus what O'Connell and Hawkins have and yeah. sort of what their skill set is. Um, but there will be times in games where they need somebody to just get, go get a bucket. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if – well, I guess we'll find out. Can O'Connell and, and Hawkins do that? Mm-hmm. I think they can. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I think, they've shown it in, I think they've shown that they can. They're really athletic, both of them, right? Um, they're both good off the bounce. They're both smart players. Like, wh- how many times have we seen them both already get buckets just backdoor cutting, simple backdoor yeah. baseline cuts? Like, that kind of stuff is important. And, you know, not – you don't – so far they've been the only ones to execute it. So I think that's just about experience. Like, hey, they know uh, hey, uh, they know when a defense isn't paying attention to them. I'm going to make this N- cut Nemar, right here. Nemar got one. Nemar got a back <clears throat> cut. Did he? Yeah, it was more from the wing instead of from the corner. But okay. he got a back cut on, on somebody. <clears throat> but no, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was a good first regular season pod. It's always good to talk to you. For sure, Kennesaw State on Thursday. So Thursday, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I think Kennesaw State played Iowa State pretty tough tonight. Yeah. Let's see what type of team Iowa State. You does. would you would think that Kennesaw State's a, a smidge better than Arkansas Pine Bluff, but mm-hmm. I guess we'll see. So, Did you DVR any college games tonight that you're like interested in? Well, I'll probably end up watching Iowa State, Kennesaw State, and okay, then yeah. probably Nebraska, Western Iowa. So All right. it's so more yeah. about so at least you'll watch two competitive games. I will, like, yeah, yeah I, I will watch the games that relate to Creighton because there's just so many games right off the bat <coughs> yeah. that I don't want to get behind. But uh, you know, I'm definitely intrigued about what happened across the Big East. Like, yeah, anybody, I don't really anybody know. lose? Nobody, nobody lost, right? <clears throat> yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, eight no. It sounds like DePaul and Seton Hall are tomorrow. Um, I'm intrigued about that. And another one by forty. Champions Classic is 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 always something that I want to watch. But yeah, yeah. I don't think there. Are, I don't. And, and, at least in the Big East, I don't think there were any surprises. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's our Big East results so far? Yeah, Nova won by forty. UConn, Holy UConn! UConn wow. won by. Of large, I mean, Butler was missing three of their best players, so they won by yeah. nine. You said Thompson was out. Who else? Who else was out? For um, Bo Hodges and Miles Tate. 
Miles Tate's coming back from may not come. I know. I mean, what's going on with him? Miles Tate's coming back from the ACL too. So, oh Xavier, Xavier, Niagara. show me Xavier. What the heck happened what's there? What's going on there? Scruggs had seventeen and six, but Kobe Jones had sixteen. I don't, I don't understand. That's your second best team in the Big East, right there. That is. Damn it, Travis! John's trying to brute for you, and you're not giving him a top dinner name. I'm trying to, I'm trying to give him some uh, credit, or yeah, some credit for what he's got coming in this year. Right. I don't. I think this box score is not updated. So. <laughs> it's just, it's just I noticed after the jump, and you were still scrolling. I'm like, I don't think that's a complete. Their page. Xavier has 13 points, but oh, yeah, okay. somehow 60. Providence looks like Providence still. Yeah, you can't really judge what Providence is. Until well, they beat Jan- Purdue. January. They beat Purdue in the close scrimmage, and they play their starters 35 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so they're better than everybody thinks. No, they're not. They treated that like a Final Four, and Purdue was like, let's get some reps today. Yeah. What's that 1961 business? St. John. John. Jesus. Yeah. This would be valued like the worst team in the country or what? I don't know, but that oh, line was 45, which is. Oh, God. that They must be then. Uh, yeah. If St. John's had a plus 45. Yeah. Whew. Okay. There's some mixed results there. Wood Marquette and SIU only 11. All right. 11, yeah. So, I mean, this league isn't going to eat Creighton alive, I don't think. There's a lot of teams that are kind of going through what the Jays went through tonight. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that... Uh, I mean, we'll see, but I mean, that so far, there's a mixed bag of results right there. And Xavier's one of the more experienced teams, too, so that's kind of interesting. I'm curious to watch that, see what happens. What they're like without Fremantle? How much of a yeah? What, how much of a how much of a blow is that? You right, know, not I, having him. Damn. So we got Seton Hall and DePaul. Like maybe DePaul. Said. Maybe DePaul wins the league this year. Maybe they just catch everybody by surprise. Oh, that's not gonna happen. Oh, Matt. I mean, they are bringing in some new pieces. Did so you pick them eleventh in your? I, I, yeah, I, I didn't scroll past nine. I figured once. Yeah, I I did. I mean, they well, finished. DePaul's finished last for five straight years, and they got a new coach. Remarkable so consistency, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> When you're when you're picking the power rankings for the Big East, yeah, you start with Nova. I mean, one. the Big East added a team and they still finished last. Like, think about that. Start, that was not easy to do. There was a lot of pressure on yeah. them to stay there at the bottom. You start with Nova at one, and you put DePaul at eleven, and then in, in the you middle, in the place. You just, then you just start. <laughs> then you're like, oh, flipping God, coins. what do I do? What yeah. do I do? And that's what it's been for like the last four years. There's a lot so. of interchangeability in two through ten. <laughs> one through 11, one and eleven, not so much. Yeah. So I mean, funny. eventually, maybe it can be different. But like they yeah. they they have a whole new route. Like, uh, they got Freeman Liberty back. Is that yeah? Yes. And Corvassier or Cor Cor Macaulay. Okay. okay. I don't know what his first name is. Sounds fine. Yeah. (laughs) Made it up. I I believe you if you say that's what it is. Maybe one other player. I mean, everyone's new, so I don't know. Okay. Should we try Roddy one more time? No. No. I've already embarrassed myself enough. It's not. No, no, no. No, No, not with Roddy. This is an encouraging encouragement moment. Yeah. Don't be embarrassed. We have to learn it. It's it's fine. (laughs) You look so disappointed. Nah, I was just thinking about uh, thinking about Kennesaw. Were you? Yeah. Oh. Trying to re- remember back to when Creighton played him a couple years ago. Well, they played him last year. Last year. My bad. Seems like a couple years ago. Does it? Yeah. Hmm. Seems like yesterday to me. Oh, anyway, who, who led the team in scoring that day, then, oh, Matt? Oh, fuck. 
Um, Seems like yesterday to me. <laughs> I'm gonna say Christian. Kennesaw State. I don't even. I honestly don't even remember that game. Are you sure they played them last year? They did. Yeah, I mentioned like a logo three. It was like one of my first logo threes that I clipped out. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure. Mitch, Mitch. Yeah, Kennesaw was our second game. Yeah, Mitch hits logo threes. Third game. Not third. Ninety-three to fifty-eight last year. I'm calling. I'm saying Christian. Um, leading scorer was Kalkbrenner. What? Zegarowski both had 14. Oh. Kalkbrenner was 7 of 8 from the field. Wow. So maybe Kennesaw is a Kalkbrenner game. Okay. Since we were okay. talking about that. Yeah. That's a good little like callback there. Yeah. That you just did there with the Kalkbrenner stuff. We six, got a lot of questions six, about it. Six there. boards, two blocks, a steal. So if he's the breakout player in the in, Big East, in, then he's going to have 30 in, and 10. In tomorrow, 15 in Thursday, minutes. Right? Yeah, I mean, and Coach McDermott mentioned that Kennesaw's bringing a lot of players back, so you would assume that that means that maybe they have they're lacking some size inside. But mm-hmm. I mean, Christian Bishop was pretty good too. It was four for four from the field for eleven points, and I'm pretty sure he hit like a mid range jumper that game. Or yeah, yeah, like that. I remember yeah. he did that. Yeah, yeah, I just remember the Mitch logo three because they like I was I didn't go to any games last year, so the announcers were laughing. Oh, were like, they? Yeah. Like, the, like, like, I think that was like it, it was probably that announcer's first time seeing Mitch in person. So, like, yeah. Mitch shot it from like it was like an offensive rebound. He was like out there and he kind of just shot it, and the guy laughed. I'm like, oh, you're not used to that, are you? Creighton went on a 23 to 4 run after Kennesaw State took a 6 to 2 lead. Yeah. And then uh, when it was 28 to 16, so like a couple minutes later, Creighton had a 10 0 run. So. I don't really know why I'm referencing this game because Creighton has a totally new team, but it, it happened good, last year. It was a good little look. Well, because you didn't know it happened last year. So that's, why, <laughs> that's, that's, right. how, that's how it started. That's yeah, right. that's, that's how we started down that path. <clears throat> All right, well, that's enough from us. Um, yeah, check out where can we find your stuff. Let everybody know because there was some confusion today, right? <laughs> there was like some criticism because we didn't. I know, but you guys can't go after John about that stuff. John covers the Jays like it's nobody's business. Yeah, we did. We didn't write. John a, does more writing about the Jays than anybody. Like combined, I don't. I mean, I re, I just podcast. Like fucking, I don't even write hardly anymore. <laughs> like John does more writing about the Jays than anybody. So let's like let's chill on John. We we didn't run a uh, game day preview for this one, but in the paper, yeah. But that's I was, a, I don't that's, know. A, that's a kind of that's kind of messed up. I I felt like the I, season I, preview kind of stood for itself on Sunday, and and we didn't run a mm-hmm. traditional preview game preview for any of the Division One teams in the state. Oh, well, that's on, fair. On Tuesday. Okay, so it was so. kind of like Creighton had its day Sunday, UNO had its day Monday, and I mean, Nebraska had its day well, Tuesday. Well, Scott Frost fired his whole offensive staff and kept his own job, so there was a lot to write about. There's, there's, there's not much room left in the paper. And as I try to tell people on Twitter, I was like, I mean, I didn't say this directly, but I'm like, I, I, I would imagine you probably haven't read everything that I've written over the last month. So I would, yeah. Here's right, some links I mean, to catch up. Because I, I think yeah. there's a lot of, you know, it got to the point when I was thinking about what to write for today and mm. if we needed to, like, there's just, we've written a ton. We've written about almost every single player, and if you include the newsletter in, 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 in that, we have. So, yeah. Um, but and, and honestly, honestly like, the story of this team, because everybody's so new, is still, like, happening. Yeah. It's so I, I, would, I would argue, like, that it's maybe a little bit 
the, the amount that you've done so far is probably excessive because their stories are still like ready to be yeah, told. Yeah, and that was you know kind of I mean? part of it too. I, I didn't want to jump the gun mm-hmm. and sort of like hype up a player because I, exactly. I don't know. Or, you know, I just kind of want to see what that's happens. That's more of a Lincoln-based thing to do that than an Omaha one, right? Well, and that's kind of like a byproduct of like I've, I've sort of uh, Creighton's program in general. Like they don't – the Jays aren't about like – they they more want to prove it first, first mm-hmm. before like going crazy on on uh, blowing one yeah. another up or, or building somebody up. So historically, that's speaking, sort of how I covered it. I've covered. I've yeah. just been a reflection of their approach. Historically speaking, Creighton's players have been all Americans after the fact, not not beforehand. Yeah, they don't they don't earn their accolades. They get they get picked. They they're always underrated in, in the Big East. Yep. Coaches yeah. poll, you know, or the, yeah, the preseason coaches poll, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, it feels like they've always kind of been underregarded, and so that's kind of. It's, I think it's kind of. I mean, of the twenty nineteen twenty team wasn't even in the top fifty. I don't think to start the year. I think a lot of t- people had them like seventy five ish. Yeah, yeah. they like and that team was arguably yeah, and then they were arguably like final four good by the end of it. So like, yeah, yeah that's they're always the team that kind of proves it. You know. Yeah, so kind of working it up. And, yeah, and but you know we'll obviously have recaps after every game for and, sure. Um, you know, so Omaha.com, Omaha.com. We can find it all on Omaha.com for sure, well, if right? If you go Omaha.com slash Jays, type that in your, your browser. Stuff. It's boom. Okay. You get all that. So you got so Omaha.com slash Jays, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, how do they subscribe to and the newsletter if, again? Right. If you Tell go them. to Omaha.com slash newsletters, mm-hmm. put that in your browser. Then you just click the little box in there uh, that's next to the Creighton newsletter. Enter your email. And you'll get the newsletter. And that's like subscribing to like a podcast, right? As soon as you submit it, it goes to them. They'll see it. Yeah, yeah. They'll yeah. get the uh, they'll get the not- notification, and then every Tuesday, I think it's the day that we send that out. You'll get all the extra goods. Nice. Um, and then, are you doing any digital stuff? Well, as part I of saw, that newsletter, I, last- I was going to say, as part of that newsletter, I usually record five to ten minutes of just me blabbering on about the team kind of like what hey, we just did on this podcast you have a very nice voice i'll listen to you blabber oh, wow yeah, that's I mean, that's so really if you're blabbering about jay's basketball i think it's gonna resonate <laughs> right yeah so so is that omaha world herald youtube page right yeah you can hit that up or i mean the newsletter too when that pops up in your email you'll see the little video okay link at the top of the screen too so and then how and then how do we find the links on twitter Johnny you, you need my twitter, twitter, you, yeah you'll tag me in this right yeah, of course. Okay. I'm trying to help people. I'm asking dumb questions right now so they know how to find so you. So they know. I think they know. So we don't go through this again, <laughs> even though we go through it all the damn time. I uh, know. Bottom line is John, I, I'm John happy. is a great word to go for. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm happy that there are passionate Creighton fans out there yeah, that want more. Because that means that I can go to my bosses and be like, hey, we got, we got, we got demand, some interest. Demand. So, and, and it adds, you know sort of credibility to what i'm saying so i'm happy mm-hmm. i'm happy that I, I love the feedback whether it's good or bad i like engaging with creating fans so i hear you but um just know we got plenty of coverage coming sure all right so that's how you find john stuff uh subscribe to white and blue review network um for this podcast and then fucking all the podcasts we got volleyball one now uh and that season's heating up. So yeah, that one's getting rolling. Megan Ballinger does a great job breaking down the Jays on that one, helping me make me a smarter volleyball, uh, smarter coverer of volleyball. Is Dude, that, you, you you know the game pretty well. So 
Uh, I, I don't think I fake it a lot. Like stuff. there's, I've learned a lot, but I, there's a lot that I still don't quite understand that she helps me with. A lot. Yeah, there's a lot of intricacies. The the podcast the, the the podcast is framed like I just kind of ask her. I try to ask intelligent questions that she can kind of get into the weeds with, mm. and then hopefully, by that strategy, like we elevate everybody's understanding of Creighton volleyball through it because right. she's really smart. Like she's got a high IQ for that stuff. She's really good at breaking it down. It's been cool doing that with her. I mean, honestly, I didn't know how it was going to be received because um, it's like there hasn't really been anything like that before for Creighton. So it's it, honestly, this podcast is like the only thing. That's an extension of anything we've done, and it's for men's basketball because there's always been kind of an appetite for that. So I was just testing the waters a little bit. Megan does a great job, so check that out. It's all on the White and Blue Review Network. Scurry in the Scrub, uh, Blue JB post-game podcast, and the volleyball wrap-up show that we do every weekend. Um, so check out, subscribe there to iTunes, YouTube. You'll get all that stuff as soon as it hits. Um, and then we'll have... You know all the coverage on whitebluereview.com. Yeah, and tell your people. Stuff too. I mean, like, as Matt, you you gave me a shout out, but I want to give you a shout out. I mean, you're at as many, if not more, creating events than I am. So, like, well, you have a child and a wife. <laughs> I have this, yeah. so it's but it's, still, like, if, yeah, yeah, if yeah. you want some insight on your Jays, whether it's men's basketball or any other sport, like, like not to beat our own drum, but we are the guys that put them. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, just follow the work. Go to omaha.com, go to whiteandbluereview.com. We'll give you everything you're asking for. Probably we'll give you some stuff you're not asking for, honestly. Like, <laughs> yes. like that was good, but we don't know. Really, that's not necessary. Trust me, you'll find some useless stuff on there. We waste a lot of time covering great. Um, sometimes I get through, like, we'll do, have you ever, like, found yourself researching something? And you get, like, halfway into it, and you're super into it, and you're like, no one's going to give a rat's ass about this when I'm done with it. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think yeah. I think I may have tweeted something like that tonight, actually. Really? So. Yeah, see? That's what I'm saying. So, yeah, that's how you know how committed we are to providing you as much coverage as possible. We're, like, into bad idea territory sometimes, too. So, um, and, yeah, you know where to go. Hey, I found on Twitter a two-minute clip of Arkansas Pine Bluff in their scrimmage. Yeah. They're open scrimmage and a sentence of Matt, so we broke that one down. That too. was dedicated investigative journalism right there. <laughs> right. I believe the I believe the the prediction was if like if this is how they defend, Creighton will score one ten. Yes. And honestly, if not for the turnover bug hitting them for a significant portion of the first half, one ten was in play. It was. So I feel like we've got a good pulse of what we saw there at Arkansas Pine Bluff in that. Well, two minute. Two minute. Practice. It was like a, yeah. just the highlights, but it was yeah. like, oh. I was like, well, that was driving lanes there. And I saw, I mean, I, I still, I watched that and saw some Trey Sampson moves, and I highlighted him as one of the guys to watch, but I like, nice. did call. not expect that. 20 point half. You nailed that. No, no, no. <laughs> did not what expect. was your prediction score in the, in the game, in the gamer? Well, I had it lower. I had, I had, it was an 18 point margin, I think, or maybe 19. I can't okay. remember exactly what it what was. What did you but, peg it at? Yeah, I, I, do you have like seventies and fifties? I think like, like seventy eight, fifty nine, okay, or something so like that, or seventy eight, sixty, or something. You undershot that then. I did. Yeah, yeah. and I and I told you that. I'm surprised you didn't go higher after watching that video because that's, <laughs> that's the one I thing I thought was like they're not going to be able to defend a lick. Like that's what I. Would, it's all. Right. It's all. The question is, can they score? I know. So yeah, that's. I mean, one. I was sitting pretty good when it's twenty six eleven with you ten were. minutes to go. You know, yeah, you should tweet you like I feel pretty good about my prediction yeah, right now. Yeah. See how that. And then all of a sudden there was like, oh hey, let's just score sixty six points in thirty five <laughs> possessions or whatever it was. Like, sixty eight points in twenty minutes. Can you? I mean, seriously. Creighton shot. I, now I didn't look this up. I'll have to ask Rob. Uh huh. Seventy five 
in the second half. Yeah, yeah. So, like, there were that's got to be from some three sort of too, record, right? right? Like, I don't they had 58 points in the paint tonight. Yeah. That's more than they had at any point last year. They, only, the 50, they had 50 against Kennesaw State last year was their most mm-hmm. they've ever had. And they had a couple 42s. I think they scored 42 against Marquette and St. John's. But other than that, they weren't. 58 was, was insane. Yeah, that's that's pretty special, I think. So yeah. Oh, so thirty one, <coughs> thirty one of forty from two. Yeah, that's oh my god. Yeah, that's insane. That'll be that's like eighty percent, isn't it? Or so? No, it's seventy six, seventy seven percent, seventy six point seven maybe. Yep, something with that. You're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just says yes. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you. We always do. Thank you for your questions tonight. Honestly, you guys love the podcast because we didn't say shit. And then we just started reading questions and it got us through. Yep. So appreciate your feedback. Hopefully it's like that the rest of the year. That'd be cool. Um, yeah, so we'll talk to you again maybe Thursday. We'll check it out. We'll see what we got going on. But, yeah, this we'll have this podcast up for you uh, later tonight. So... Thank you, as always, for tuning in. We appreciate you guys. For John, I'm Matt. Have a good day.